Hello and welcome to the Good Catholic Women After Dark podcast. I'm Jackie. I'll be your host for this evening. I am joined by two of my amazing friends, Valerie and Tara, and I'll let them go ahead and introduce themselves real quick. Uh, I'm Valerie. I guess I'll go first since you mentioned me first. (laughs) Um, I am a mother of three. I live in the southeastern United States with my husband, and uh, we have one cat. (laughs) I'm not sure how relevant that is. (laughs) But uh, who's getting on in years? God bless her. So um, that's that's it, I guess. All right. I am Tara. I am married, and I have four kids, and we live in Wisconsin. I guess I can add a little bit about myself since I kind of glossed over that. Um, I am married. I have three kids for now, <laughs> <laughs> um, and a dog. Um, and we live in the southeast, kind of close to Valerie, but just too far away, like so close, yet so far. Um, that's pretty much it. Um, so tonight I think we're going to dive in with the subject of wrangling toddlers in mass. If you're a mom and you go to mass with your small children, you know how painful <laughs> Penitential is a really good word for it. It really is. It really, really is. Uh, so, Valerie, you are your seasoned mom. You have older yes. girls. So, how ha- has it changed through the years, ver- you know, wrangling your bigger girls versus your youngest? Um, yeah. I mean, the, the two older ones are, um, they both had their first communion. So, that's you know, I think that's kind of helped too, because they're a little more focused on what's going on and uh, they're more aware, I guess, uh, at this point, because they both have had mm-hmm. that uh, a little more catechesis than the youngest. Our youngest is six. Um, she's in kindergarten and she is getting a little more aware. Um, however, there are still some Sundays that it's kind of like having a toddler in mass. I love her to death. <laughs> she is um you know and I don't know if that's a function of like um just the age that she I mean I know part of it's a function of the age that she is but we have ADHD in our family I mean my husband has it you know his brother and sister both do and um you know and so it's kind of a uh you know it's 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 would not be surprising if all three of our girls had ADHD and we actually are in the process of trying to get them tested for that but uh Anyway, you know, so, I mean, I think some of it is, is that, but I think some of it is the age too. She's gotten a little bit better. Um, I do remember when the older two were toddlers there, they are now 12 and 11 just for reference. And I remember when they were toddlers, um, we had them, they're 11 months apart. So it's kind of like having twins, but not quite. And uh, my husband (laughs) has this thing he calls, he, he laughingly refers to as the clamps. And uh, he, he, when they would get a little too unruly as toddlers, he would just kind of reach down and put his hand on the back of their neck and squeeze a little bit. Not, you know, not hard enough to hurt them or any, you know, but hard enough just to get their attention, you know, and they'd, they'd do the whole shoulder shrug thing, like, like, you know, ow, that hurts. And he, but he wasn't hurting them or anything. He was just trying to get their attention. Usually that would be enough to kind of calm them down. I always had a slightly different tactic. I would, you know, bend down 
you know, toward their ear or whatever. And I would say, you know, look, you know, there's Jesus in the Eucharist or, you know, or, you know, hey, let's look at the, you know, they're reading from the Bible and we're, we're listening. So we need to be quiet or listen to father. He's going to tell us a little bit about what Jesus tells us in the gospel. And, you know, I would try to, my husband was more like the discipline and, you know, the disciplinator mm-hmm. or something, you know, <laughs> and, um, but I was more of the, like, you know, trying to teach them and redirect. Um, and as they got just a little bit older, uh, I started uh, doing choir. I, I actually got to a point where they were well, well behaved enough that I could join our choir at our parish, which has been very rewarding for me. But it means that my husband flies solo with the three girls and, some Sundays I look over at him and they sit kind of adjacent to the choir area. I, I, I hesitate to call it a choir loft. It's not really a loft. It's more of an area kind of off to the side. Yeah. Right. Uh, our, our church is, has a very um, 1970s sort of look. <laughs> I mean, we have this red carpet. It's fantastic. But uh, anyway, I, I digress a bit. Uh, but he, he sits there and with the three of them, and there are some Sundays I can tell that he's barely struggling. He's struggling to keep it together and, and not to just like lose it on one of them. The, like I say, the two older ones are still they're They're, they're okay. Um, however, the thing with the two of them is you get into the, like, you're too close to me. Like, oh, scoot over, stop touching me. You know, or, you're breathing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so it and you just sit there and you go like I I have I have looked at them from the choir loft and given one of them a really pointed look and and mouthed the word really do this now (laughs) and you know I'm not that far away I can actually get up and like you know take about three steps and you know get down their level and be like hey cut it out cut it the flip out you know (laughs) remember where you are Jesus is up there and, uh, but yeah, I mean, even the older two, occasionally you have moments where it's like, are you a toddler again? Come on, I past this. But most of the time, I mean, I have to brag on them. They really are. Most of the time they're fairly good. And it helps too, that now that they're older, they've got a little friend who um, is actually the oldest sister of our godson. And um, his, his sister is um, the same age as, as our middle daughter, who's 11. She's in fact, she just turned 11. And, um, and they're in the same, um, the same PSR class and everything. And so the three of them are kind of like peas in a pot. And so they, and, and her dad is in the choir with me too. So, um, so she and her mom and the two younger ones sit there. Well, I think the youngest, actually, our godson goes to the nursery because he's really small. Um, but the, you know, but they sit there during mass and she, a lot of times will sit with our two uh, older girls and that kind of keeps some of the tension down between them so that helps a little bit too um you know you got to enlist the help you can get it um and I've all I've often told to our godson's mother like if you see one of my girls acting like a jerk then you know feel free to lean down and say hey cut hey, it out right yeah I think sometimes that village effect is helpful yes yes we are at the point right now where mine are 10, 8, 6, and 2. 
and we're really trying to get the two-year-old through mass without becoming the human jungle gym. <laughs> and that is my last. Yes, we're really working at it because I know she can. If you can sit there, child, and watch, you know, Team Umi Zumi still as a stone for two hours, like, you can get it through mass. I really believe in you. <laughs> The biggest thing right now is um, she loves her big sister. She's 10. And she knows she can kind of manipulate Amelia a little bit. Uh, so she'll try mm-hmm. to escape to us and put her arms out and just dramatically, oh, sister, sister. Uh-huh. <laughs> my 10-year-old eats it right up. And she'll be like, oh, I'm your poor baby. <laughs> there through mass, like petting her curls, letting her climb on her. I'm like, oh, girlfriend, like coming a little dramatic up in here. Oh my word! Actually, I think it was like a couple Sundays ago. That's so sweet. It, it, it's very sweet, but the next thing you know, she's like trying to make a beeline for the altar. <laughs> so like, oh, it yeah. goes from like sweet to panic in like 30 hot seconds <laughs> see what you need is for father to start doing like a, a math thing from team umizumi maybe that's the yes. key <laughs> yes i should talk to me like dude can you like measure something or like <laughs> talk about shapes i don't know we can do um god's power <laughs> yes see Yes, yes. Or you could like talk about the Trinity and like make a, I don't know, like a triangle or something. There's three sides. I don't know. <laughs> hey, that's a shape. It works. <laughs> this is why I'm not a priest. This is why. <laughs> not because you're a woman. No, no. It would be the weird like shape puns. I'd be like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's kind of what we're working on. Uh, uh. So how does it go with your your kiddos, Jackie? Well, uh, my oldest is six and a half, and my middle is four and a half, and the youngest just turned two on St. Patrick's Day. So most of Mass, and she's really a mama's girl right now, the baby, so most of Mass I spend out in the vestibule because the cry room, I swear, is like, like literally one step outside of actual person. Yes. Yes. The speaker either doesn't work or it's too yes, loud. Yes. What is that? There's no there's no air circulation <sighs> and it has a window, so it is hotter than you can imagine in the oh summer and cold in the winter. And it's basically just one boxed in pew, so it's not like some of the nicer cry rooms I've been to. It's just a pew in a box with windows. Yeah. Like a fish tank. And they just run. And it's it's so much worse. So I, I stand in the vestibule and she can manage to be alright in the pew for a while. And she loves to look at her books and she'll sit with her sister and she'll behave sometimes. But then she's ready to go. And she'll look at me and she, she'll be like, Mama, time to go? <laughs> go? I want to go. And I'm like, we got here five minutes ago. We just finished the entrance, him. 
<laughs> That's so funny. So I'll stand out in the vestibule, and she's heavy and wiggly, so I'll let her stand. But there's, like, no playing in the vestibule. If you want to play, you can do it quietly in the pew. Oh, that's a good incentive to, like, slowly start getting that so, idea. Yeah, it's not, like, time out. No. She's not being punished because I know she doesn't She doesn't no. grasp no. it. But I'm, like, trying to set it up, like, this is not fun. Right. In the pew with the family is right. Yeah, you don't want to, so, like, encourage like, that as a fun of, alternative to church. Yeah. That's a really, really good way to do it. Yeah. It's worked pretty well with the older two. Now, with our oldest, you know, first-time parents, we would go to Mass with the bag of toys and the snacks. And we we had to have a million things because, heaven forbid, she made a Right. But then when the second one came along, I was like, you know what? She can take one toy. One (laughs) toy. That's it. One quiet toy. Yeah. And that has been our precedent. So the big ones can take one quiet toy each. And then the baby has her bag of board books because, you know, she's two. She doesn't understand. Right. The attention is not as big. So it's just some books and she has her baby doll and that's it. And 90% of the time she doesn't even look at yeah. it. So it's just our backup plan. <laughs> I found with my boys, sometimes like I would try to like, okay, I'm going to bring something to entertain you. And I don't know, my boys in particular, they just became projectiles. <laughs> so, or not even like sometimes it was projectiles and some of the times it was like, I could just drop this over the pew in front of me so the cute elderly person can bend over and fish mm-hmm. it out for us. <laughs> yes. We sit upstairs, but we don't sit in the first pew by the oh, rail no. because yeah, be stuff bad. just it'll go yeah, and if it's not stuff, it'll be a person. <laughs> like no, yeah. we sit one back. Yeah, yeah, that's a good call. So there's not that temptation. Yeah, we don't have a second level, and I think that's probably in our parish. I'm, I think that's probably a good thing. Yes, yeah. but you know, you mentioned cry rooms. Can we talk about cry rooms for a minute? Can we talk about absolutely? Gosh, Let's I do have it. So many thoughts on Kyra. I have so many thoughts. To, I, I knew that that when you mentioned it, I was like, "Oh, these ladies are going to have some thoughts." I know they do, because I, I have thought we have one too, and ours is um. We do have a few more pews in ours, but but basically speaking, it's like you know three pews and inside of a box, as you said, and it is yep. it is crazy hot in the summer. It is um you know. It's also, you know, chilly in the winter. The thing that drives me nuts about our cry room is that other parents seem to think that it's a playground. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and and it not only is it a playground, but it's also it's also a room where I don't actually have to participate in the mass as an adult, because mm-hmm. the few times, yeah. the very few times that I um, decided to take one of our girls and go in there. It was usually when they were just, you know, beyond and could not be, you know, because usually, you know, we we would try to get them to settle down. But then sometimes, especially when they were very small, you know, some, you know, between the ages of like 18 months and about three and a half, um, they, you know, yeah. every now and then they would get a bug up their butt and there would be nothing that you could do. No amount of shushing or trying to talk to them would work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so yeah. I decided, cause I was like, you know, we're going to go in there, but we're not going to stay. 
we're going to go in there and we're going to stay for a little bit until mm-hmm. she calms down and then we'll leave and we'll go back and we'll sit with, you know, with dad and, and uh, sister. So we went in there and I remember the first time I went in there, I think it was with our oldest daughter and she, you know, was just inconsolable. And so we go in there and I, and I told her when we got in there, I said, we are not here to play. We are going to, we, you know, nope. mass is still going on and we are still here to participate. There were kids that were probably three or four years older because she was probably about two and a half. And there were kids that were like, you know, five, six years old. They've got cups of milk. They've got their their goldfish crackers. They're like camped out in the floor. I saw one kid who had some sort of a device that he was, you know, glued to. The parents are like just, you know, chillaxing in the pew. And, you know, and I'm and I'm thinking why aren't you participating in the mass? You're going to let your kids mm-hmm. be. And it makes it so much yeah. harder to like tell your kid, no, this is what we're doing. And then they see like five other kids and they're like, but yeah. they're playing, they have snacks, they're goofing off. Exactly. Can't I? And so that it makes it so counterproductive <laughs> to go into. The exactly. And that's one reason why after at some point I told Eric, I was like, I said, we're not doing that again. I am not going back into that. I will take them out in the hallway. I will take them outside, but I will not go back in that cry room with one of them because it's, it is, it's completely counterproductive. It's also why I, I got really, really ticked off at this um, grumpy old lady. Y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about. Oh, I've got mm-hmm. Yeah. Old lady got really hacked off at, and, and I'm going to be, I'm going to be real about this. This was a lady who I know, and she got really mad about the fact that when our, our youngest was about two years old, that she was acting like a two-year-old in mass. Right. At the end of mass, she walked over to my husband, put her finger in his face. Oh, no. No, no she, she did. And I'm standing there, and I'm trying to pack up my choir books and put them in their bag. And, you know, and I'm getting, my, you know, like mass has just ended. And she walks over to him and she says, you know, you should have taken her out or at the very least, you should have taken her to the cry room. And, you know, and my husband, my husband just sat there because my husband is very non-confrontational and he just sat there and, you know, like took it from her and, you know, and she just, but she, boy, boy, she was, she said, I have never in my life, da, 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 da. And she just, you know, kind of read him the riot act. Oh gosh, highly doubt it lady. Yeah. Well, and so when, when we, uh, when I got done, you know, with my, my thing, I turned around to to her. I said, would you like to know why we don't take her to the cry room or take her out when she's just in, by the way, y'all, she was not that bad. I have seen her be worse. I've seen her be really Mm -hmm. disruptive. And, um, I told her, I said, she, I said, number one, today, she was not that disruptive. Number two, we don't take her to the cry room time because she needs to be in mass so she can learn what mass is about and how to respond and how to yes yes learn that if she's not exposed to it because i think one of her suggestions was that we put her in the nursery you know and my what i wanted to say was oh hell no but (laughs) but i but i didn't i kind of i controlled myself a little bit but i but i did tell her i said you know and she said well you know, he shouldn't, he shouldn't sit so close to, 
you know, the choir and, you know, I don't, I never, when, when my kids were young, we never sat right on top of the choir. We never did da, 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 And she just started in on oh me or something like that. I said, you know, if the sound of children in church bothers you that much, then maybe you need to go somewhere else. Like I was, y'all, I was, not, I was not playing with her. No. And, uh, you know, but, and then later, later, cause this lady was in the choir, she's in the choir with me. And she knows me well, knows my family fairly well. And so that was part of what made me so mad was like, like, really, really, you're going to do this to me? Really? And right. It was, that was not, I was not happy about that. But she, uh, later our choir director came to me and said, um, Valerie, he said, you know, I know that, you know, what happened was really, I said, yeah, it was, mm-hmm. it was, it was really bad. And he said, he said, but, you know, I'm thinking that maybe an apology because you really hurt her feelings. Oh, no. Oh, my God. And, no. I, and I, no. I said, I said, well, you know, I said, I'm going to be really honest with you. She hurt my feelings. Yeah. I, said, I said, it was completely, she was out of control. And I said, and, and it was completely unnecessary <laughs> in my husband's face. And then basically to tell me that, you know, my children acting like my kids are just not welcome. And I said, and that really hurt my feelings too. And he said, well, you know, I said, I'll, I said, I'll be honest. I'm, I'm big enough to admit that I said some things that might've crossed the line, but you know, I said, but I won't apologize for standing up for my kids. Right. And so, and you should, I didn't, I did go to her and I did tell her that, that I could have, perhaps worded my worded what I said to her better I apologized for and 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 trying to be the bigger person um I I said I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings in what I said to you but you need to know that you hurt mine too and um I said and I'm I apologize if I hurt your feelings I sincerely do because you know the last thing I want to do is really is hurt someone's feelings even if they're being a complete butthole I try to be (laughs) try to be nice know nice in the way I respond and and civil and stuff but like y'all the mama bear she is strong (laughs) and Mm -hmm. you know and the wife bear is pretty strong too because I was I was not (laughs) about my kids I was like how dare you get up in my husband's face that's where my conundrum is because I feel like having that quiet space available is sometimes really helpful you know, when it's not hotter than heck in there. But yeah. um, mm-hmm. I also feel like it should be one of those things where it's a tool for parents if they need it, but yes. it's not right. an expectation that you're exiled there. Right. I think there should be like a second quiet room for the grumpy old lady <laughs> who wants silence. Yes. They can go sit in their quiet space and let the church be the church because if you don't hear crying the church is yes, dying that is so true and those grumpy old ladies can go sit in their quiet and enjoy yeah, I mean, and, and, because yeah. my kids have every right to be absolutely and I, and I understand from the perspective of the grumpy old ladies you know some of them probably don't hear quite as well as they maybe want to. that may be kind of hard um when they're struggling with, you know, hearing, you know, and maybe the grumpy, maybe they're, sick. maybe they're like sick, you know, and 
yeah. or they're frustrated because of somebody in their family. I mean, you know, we don't know. Right. So I, I do try to approach it like that, but at the same time, you know, it, it, you're absolutely right. If if there are no babies crying, then the church is dying. I, one of my favorite priests, who's the priest who married us, has I've heard him say on more than one occasion, you know, if your babies are crying in church, I love it because that means that the church. Yes. Yep. When my middle child was two, like just turned two, we had just found out, I think two days or maybe the day before we went to mass um, that evening. And we have been at this parish. My mother-in-law was the DRE for years before my husband and I started dating when I was 16. So we have been at this parish for about 15 years now. My husband's family has been there longer. And so, like, it's it's our home. People know right. us. They, like, people ask my father-in-law and my mother-in-law if we're not there. Like, are they okay? They miss us. We, like, we're there. Yeah. And um, because my husband's schedule, about once a month, we end up going Saturday night because he works on Sunday. Sure. So... We happen to be at Saturday night, which we lovingly call God's waiting room. Mass. <laughs> so, it's, uh, I'm sorry. So years. much, but that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> it is frequented by most of the senior population of the parish. So, um, he was being two because he was yeah. two, and we had a book for him. And this was before we instituted the one toy rule. So he had a few toys. He had a couple of books. And being a two-year-old boy, he loved trains. And it was a train book. And so it was before Mass had even started. He was already looking at it. And he pointed at the train. And he loudly said, train. And you could hear a couple of people giggle. Because, I mean, it's a small parish. And it was cute. And then he's just started getting more rambunctious. So my husband took him out to the vestibule right as the first reading started. And I don't think they came back until I think they might have come to say the sign of give the sign of peace. And then they went back out. They were out for 98% of the mass because my son was just being a rowdy two year old. And after mass, this lady comes up to us and says, you know, we have a cry room. Oh no. Uh -uh. And I just, I looked at her. And I was like, yeah, (laughs) my husband, when he was a teenager, he literally helped build this cry room, helped make it. Okay. So yes, we know Uh there's a freaking cry Mm -hmm. and she's like, well, he was just so distracting. I could barely hear anything. Okay. I'm mm, preach girl words, names. Um, (laughs) First of all, you were five pews ahead of us. Second of all, he wasn't even in mass 98% of the time. So you were just distracting yourself, thinking you were being distracted by a kid who wasn't even in mass anymore. Mm. So you can just yeah. shove it. I was shaking with rage when I left mass. And I had just found out I was pregnant. Oh, my no. husband was like, yeah. calm down. It's not good for you. It's not good for the baby. Okay. And I'm like, Whew. but, but, but I, want, I want to say words to her. Words. words but i did you know the funny thing is when it comes down to it i think i had 
a lot more encouragement and positive things said to us, especially from a lot of the older generation who I think, you know, remembers what it was like. But it's those one or two hurtful comments that just really stand out. And I think it's like that in all areas of life. That's true. I think that's like true. Those, those hurtful things just stick with us. Oh, yeah. Well, this was, gosh, this was like two and a half years ago that she said this. Mm-hmm. And now when we see her in mass, we're just like, can, can we get sp- spitballs and like, ping the back of her head? Like, we really struggle to, like, be charitable in our thoughts towards her because it just, oh, my gosh. And she had only been in that parish for, like, two or three years. So, you know, as far as we were concerned, she was a newcomer. And here we are, a young family that she doesn't know. Sure. That she was criticizing. And if we had been any weaker in our faith, it would have been like, we're never going back. We're just not going to do church ever because this is the reception our family gets. Yes, I worry about, you know, when those things happen, potentially scaring away somebody who's already on the fence. And that's the last thing we want to do to someone. Yeah, it's it's so hard. Yeah, it really and is. We had I wa- a time. really wanted to go up to her after it happened and be like, I want you to realize, you know, I know you, you probably meant well, but first of all, it was very hurtful what you said and how you said it, assuming we were dumb parents that don't know what we're doing, when clearly this is not our first rodeo. And I want you to know that if we were not as devout as we are, you would have pushed a young family away from mass entirely by your unwelcome attitude. So I want you to know your actions and your words could have severe consequences. Yes. Yes, it really could. You know, we had at one time our local church, um, we just avoided it because while there was rarely anything said to us there was a lot of glares or um once we were in the cry the cry room was like just outside of the church like in like the vestibule and there's like a window Mm -hmm. and pews and um one of the ushers came and like forcibly shut the doors to the church and glared at us so that we could hear nothing Oh, my gosh. Because there wasn't any kind of speakers. And we were, you know, still pretty new parents. Our oldest at the time was like 18 months. And that's where about, I feel like, where they really get rambunctious. And they have no concept of, you know, right or wrong behavior. Yeah. Um, And And no concept of volume. (laughs) No, no, none. Um, (laughs) We didn't go to church for a while after that because we were so just mortified. And it's such a shame because especially when, you know, baptism takes place at one of the regular masses and the congregation participates. Yes. And, you know, they are saying we are going to welcome this child, but only if that child is absolutely quiet and still and we don't notice the child. Right. Then we will welcome them. But if they act like a child, then no. And I really feel like, 98% of parents recognize when their toddler or baby gets to the, Mm -hmm. to the point where they need to be removed. 
and yep. handle it appropriately. It's very rare that you see a situation where it's just not handled. Yes, exactly. And at least in my experience, it seems like most of the elderly people that are critical or give that sideways glance, they have forgotten how overwhelming on all fronts, you know, emotionally, physically, mentally raising small children is. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, we didn't do things like this in my time or my children would never have. Oh, golly. I'm sorry, Karen. Yes, they did. And no, your baby wasn't speaking full sentences at six months old. Maybe. You know, just no, you don't remember. Okay. (laughs) Part of me really wants to like make notes, you know, like some women have, you know, mother-in-laws from places that shall remain unnamed and they want to make notes like do not be like this when (laughs) get married i feel like i should make notes like don't be like this little old church lady when you're a little old church lady yeah because raising kids is heckin hard and the parents need support you know like my mom is so awesome she she's one of the She's not old. My mom's not old, but she's a grandmother, obviously. Right. So she keeps like little books, like little board books in her purse. So if she happens to sit next to a young family in church and they're struggling, because we all do. Right. She will like give the kid a book. That's so sweet. And I'm like, mom, that is so awesome. You have no idea. Yeah. Yeah big that that gesture actually is oh that's wonderful give your mom a hug for me (laughs) i definitely will she's pretty awesome one of these days that we who i didn't know her very well she was an older lady and she had noticed my now um my now five-year-old acting like a five-year-old um but a lot (laughs) i think he was like no never mind he was three he was acting like a three-year-old um (laughs) and she's like you know that little blue-eyed one you have (laughs) i i i I like him i could take him you know if some sunday you want him to come sit by me for mass for a little bit i'd I'd sit by him like the sweetest most encouraging thing and i'm like Oh, bless your heart. You don't know what you're asking. (laughs) You you want ears off purgatory? Take my kit. You will have ears off purgatory. (laughs) Yeah, really? It was just so nice that, like, okay, I'm I'm sorry you noticed his rambunctious behavior, but also thank you for being affirming instead of mean. (laughs) Really? You know, Jackie, you mentioning uh, purgatory just now. Were were we going to talk about uh, faith related anything like I mean this is faith related too but were we going to shift into a different topic or just I didn't know if that was part of the we plan can. was there one that jumped out at you well I was just thinking since you and I both live in the same state which is and the same diocese in fact um, which is technically a missionary diocese that we could maybe talk about um, what it's like to live in and I don't know what the diocese is like in Wisconsin where you are Tara but um like we we both I'm can I tell people where we live? Um, yeah, we we did in our introductory episode. Oh, did we? I couldn't remember if I said. Where. <laughs> See, I told you I'm the old lady of the group. Like no. my memory is already. I'm I'm getting gray too. Um, I may be that little old lady with the gray hair before too long. 
No, um, we, we both, Jackie and I both live in Alabama and basically in Alabama, it's kind of like Protestant land. Um, you you swing a dead cat and you're going to hit a Baptist or an evangelical church of some kind. Um, or two, you know, and, and, and a Catholic church, you know, not so much. Uh, so it's, it's very, um, it's very different to be Catholic. And I grew up Protestant. I grew up Southern Baptist. Um, and so that's kind of a, that's different too, because a lot of my friends that I grew up with and people that I know from growing up are still Protestant. And so when I run into somebody, you know, at Walmart or at, you know, McDonald's or the grocery store or whatever, um, that I know from growing up and, you know, and they're, and maybe it's somebody I've not seen in years, you know, we'll stand there and catch up and it's like, you know, so well now where are you and your family going to church? Because here in the South, that's what people say. You know, what do you do? You have a church home. home. You're welcome to come to our Exactly. Yeah. You you know, now where where do y'all go to church now? And, you know, and, and, and so the conversation for me is usually like, well, um, especially if it's somebody (laughs) I grew up with at church at the Southern Baptist church that I grew up at, because it was a fairly large church and I knew quite a few people. And, um, and if I run into somebody like that, they'll say, no, we hadn't seen you at, you know, at, at church in a long time. Like they used to say that to me. And, uh, and I'd say, well, that's because I don't go there anymore. Oh, well now where are you going to church? Well, my family and I are Roman Catholic and it's like crickets, you know, <laughs> you might as slap them with a dead fish. It is like a conversation killer. It is. Killer. It is. It is. And they, you know, and then if the nice ones will sort of recover and they'll say, oh, well, that's nice. That's great. You know, well, now what, where do you go? What church do you, which Catholic church do you go to? You know, well, we go to this one, you know, to St. We go to St. Peter's and, you know, or whatever. And they, oh yeah, I know where that is. I went to a wedding there once. And that's usually about the extent of the conversation because then it moves away to, did you hear, did you hear about, you know, Jane Smith? She's got, she got married to so-and-so and, and, you know, oh no, I didn't hear about the, and so then it moves on. But yeah, it's a total killer. It's a total For me, it's being a a cradle Catholic and especially like I had almost a double stigma. I was cradle Catholic and homeschooled. Oh, so running into anybody like trying to make friends was like, oh, where do you go to school? Oh, I'm homeschooled. And see, back in the day, like this was before it was really mainstream. Right. It was like, oh, so that means you're a weirdo. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I mean, we're all weird, but no. Right. And then, oh, so where do you go to church? Well, I'm Catholic, so I, I go to St. Paul's. Oh. And then it just, and that was when it went well. <laughs> yeah. So, um, when I was in confirmation class, um, we had to, you know, do volunteer hours, which I loved. And I volunteered at the food pantry in town and at my local library, which I grew up in. Like I've always been a bookworm and the library was within walking distance. So we were always up there. And so I volunteered and I was behind the desk. And one day this, young mom came in with her two school-aged kids, but it was during school hours. So, you know, I struck up small talk and, oh, do you homeschool? And she's like, yeah, da, da, da. And I was like, oh, I'm homeschooled too. And I asked her what cover school she used and she told me, and then she asked me what cover school we use. And I told her it's St. Peter's Academy. And 
would have thought I told her that we were satanic and the Satan Lucifer's cover school. Yeah. The way she looked at me, and then she wouldn't let her kids talk to oh, me. Oh, no. That's <laughs> not nice. And I was like, what What did I, I, I just said St. Peter's Academy, and she was like, is that Catholic? And I was like, well, yeah. And then, no more. Like, she got her books, and they left. Mm. And that was just, I was really hurt, because I was 14, and I was like, I was making polite conversation you know we had something in common it was going well and then she was just like so closed mouth and tight-lipped and just I don't want to say rude because she didn't really do anything but it just really took me aback because I hadn't ever received that blatant prejudice before Mm -hmm. and then one other incident really comes to mind um it was after I had moved out and I was in college and I was working in this salon and the owner's adult daughter was very evangelical. She was, you know, asked me if I was a Christian and I said, yes. And, you know, we had the whole conversation and we loved Jesus and, you know, it was a bonding thing. And then one of their regular customers came in and like, she would always come in and get the works and she'd been going in for years and they had lost something. And I, without thinking, because St. Anthony's one of my guys, I was like, oh, you should ask St. Anthony for help. And as soon as the words were, like, coming out of my mouth, I was like, oh, <laughs> why did I say that out loud? <laughs> and this woman, the, the customer, she came and she got in my face with her finger pointing. Oh, my. And she oh, no. laid into me about how evil Catholicism was and how she was Catholic. He went to Catholic school and those nuns and, da, 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 and you pray to the saints and you worship the saints. And I'm like, whoa, lady, um, I'm sorry you had such a negative experience, but no, we don't. So, <laughs> sorry, no, you're wrong. <laughs> um, and it just so being Catholic in the South has been kind of hard because I've really had to know my faith in order to defend it, you know, just on the spot. Yeah, because. You never know when a conversation is going to go from, oh, so you're Catholic to, but you Catholics, da, 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 and you have to be like, no, actually, yeah, this is what we believe, and there it is. Mm-hmm. I have heard that we worship candles. Yep. Oh. That we eat babies. Yep. What? Oh, and, okay. And I don't know where that comes from because it makes no sense. Zero. I don't. know. If they think it's because of the infant baptism or that Wait, because, you, you know, babies? typically <laughs> eat, like consume, okay. eat them. I mean, that's just poor economics. You wait till people are fully grown and you can get them <laughs> a better portion. Unless you like your meat really, really tender. I mean, I because we have so many children typically as Catholics we have more than the average family you know that we have a high replacement value so we can eat one and nobody notices just every- like, sometimes times get hard and you know you just <laughs> eat a baby I don't know <laughs> I mean I joke like my, my kids are the kids that get really chunky thighs and they're just like 
you just want to squeeze them and like nom on them and so yeah like in that way i eat my kids like i yeah. nom on their cheeks and stuff but no i i don't actually consume them so. yeah I've, I've heard the you worship Mary. um you worship. yes obviously um, those are those are pretty. The ones I've heard have been pretty standard. Like you worship Mary, you worship the saints. Purgatory is not real. You know, it's a invention of. Um, you know, it's there's no. The big thing that I hear frequently is there's no scriptural basis for this, that, or the other Catholic belief. Yep. And, and then right. if you give it to them. They ignore it. Well, say, well, no, you're wrong about what that means. You know, okay, yeah, sure. you mm-hmm. tell me my interpretation is wrong. Of course, then I like to turn that back around on them and say, and say, well, what makes you think that my interpretation is wrong? Can you tell me why you think it's wrong from the context of the, of, and, 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 you know, and then the other thing too is, you know, uh, the, the, I, I'm a part of a Bible apologetics group, Catholics on Facebook and uh one of the tactics that the the guy who started this group um he actually has an apologetics ministry that's um called the Bible Christian Society I'm going to give John a little plug here because he's got a website and if and so for those of you who are Catholics who might happen to be listening to this if you go to biblechristiansociety.com I think it's .com anyway and he's got all these wonderful talks where he basically goes through and talks about a lot um a lot of different things that people misunderstand about Catholicism and where they can be found in scripture, um, which are really, really helpful. He gives a lot of really good arguments, but one of his favorite arguments is, you know, where does your authority come from to tell me that my interpretation of these scriptures is wrong? Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Where, where do you get your authority? Of course, a lot of people will turn that around and say, well, the Holy spirit is my authority. And there's some scriptures that talk about that, but it's, uh, you know, but he, he likes to say, you know, well, you know, are you infallible, you know, and, and, you know, or is there just the slightest possibility you could be wrong about this? And if people are honest, most people will say, well, you know, yeah, I could be, they, they'll, they'll say that they could be, but in their minds, they think there's no way I am, (laughs) you know? So, but yeah, I mean, Catholics, that's kind of the thing that I get a lot is, you know, well, where is that in the Bible? Because so many evangelicals and Baptists and, you know, mainline Protestants are, they believe in the doctrine of sola scriptura or Bible alone. And, uh, you know, and that if it's not in Bible in the Bible, then it's not something you need to be doing. So what I just, it really it tickles me and irritates me at the same time when they're like, well, where is that in the Bible? Like praying for the dead, for instance, you know, once saved, always saved. So what we don't need to pray for our dead when clearly in scripture, it says we should pray for our dead and something about salvation and something, something. And they're like, well, no, no, that's not what that means. But it's clear. It's clear. You know, it's not something that you're supposed to read between the lines it's right there and they just ignore it they gloss over it no yeah well and then they'll they'll go literal they'll they'll go literal on a lot of stuff and then then you you go well look at john chapter six which is jesus speaking about the eucharist and he basically says if you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood you will have no life within you oh but that's just a symbol 
just a symbol. No matter how many times he repeats, he he just no, it was a parable. He didn't mean it like yeah. that. Even though he kept eating it and repeating it and repeating and, it and let disciples walk away. Yeah. Well, what is it like in Wisconsin? What is the Catholic vibe like in Wisconsin, Tara? Honestly, I mean, I feel like Wisconsin is a lot of the land of Catholics, Lutheran, and Methodist. Um, Actually, nowadays, there's a lot of more non-denominational churches, too. But I'm not going to say I haven't faced any negativity because, you know, it's there. Right. um, It's not quite as bad. Pretty much every town has a Catholic church. Um, The one thing I do feel like is we have a lot of Catholics in Wisconsin, like fish fries for days. (laughs) But I think, like seriously, you can find a fish fry like this. It's just expected. Um, One of the Catholic church will have something. But I think we have a lot of cultural Catholics and not mm-hmm. like not everybody who calls themselves Catholic is really practicing right There's a lot of cultural Catholics around too yeah so, I think that kind of I think we have a lot with um some of the Hispanic community yeah. that's around is like they will be Catholic like I worked with a Hispanic lady and she was not a practicing Catholic and hadn't been probably since she was a child but she still identified as Catholic. Yeah. And it was kind of like, but, okay. I mean, if you want to, but come back to Mass. Some of them, I've noticed that we, our parish has a fairly large Hispanic congregation. And, um, which is wonderful. I'm always so happy to see all of them there. And, but um, I think there are some in, in, especially like you said, who are very cultural because it's such an ingrained part of their culture that they, you know, they, they will come for certain feast days or weddings or, you know, or they'll have their kids baptized, you know, like they'll, they'll do those kinds of things, but they really, it's really not a part of their daily lives or even their weekly lives. And like I know a priest friend of mine who actually is a priest up in your area, Jackie um, was talking about how, uh, he wants to, because there are a lot of Hispanics in the particular parish where he serves, and he was talking about how so many of them, um, they will come to him after maybe they've not been to Mass on a, in a regular on a regular basis for, you know, and they'll come and they'll say, you know, my daughter wants a quinceañera, and, you know, she's, she's turning 15, and we want to have a Mass, and you know, it's her quinceañera. I can't say the word now. Quinceañera. Quinceañera. And, uh, and so, anyway, um, you know, and he was getting very frustrated because he felt like so many, for so many of these young ladies, that it was not a spiritual thing and that, and that the tradition of the quinceañera is supposed to be, is a spiritual thing. There's a significant spiritual element and he felt like they were really missing the point of it. And, um, and so he started thinking about ways to try to get these families more involved in the the life of the church, you know, bringing, you know, offering to hear their confessions, offering, you know, to telling them he'd like for them to come and, you know, to be 
at mass and to have their kids in religious education. And he basically tried to open a lot of avenues to get these people to come back to church. So, you know, and, and tell them like, you kind of, you need to do this. If you want a quinceañera, we want you to understand why you're doing it. And, you know, and I, I, you know, and I think there's some merit in, you know, in what he was trying to do. I, I don't know all the details of how he went about it. Um, but, you know, but I thought that was kind of an interesting thing because it kind of shows me like what you were saying that there, that cultural and what Tara was saying, there is a cultural aspect of for a lot of people because they grew up Catholic or their family's been Catholic for generations or yeah. too, where my, my uh, in-laws live, they live in Pennsylvania and, you know, there are tons of Catholic churches, but, and a lot of people identify as Catholic and, you know, but like when we go, um, I mean, my in-laws would say that they're Catholic, but they, but they would also both readily admit that they're not really practicing and like, they don't go to mass and, you know, it's just not, it's, you know, they both, I think, believe in God and there's, they have kind of a spiritual, um, they, they, you know, would like to be at mass, but they both have some, some issues with the church. <laughs> um, but the, you know, there's that cultural sort of element to it, I think, even for them in a certain way. Um, but, you know, when we go to mass, though, in their neck of the woods where they live in Pennsylvania, we, we always go on Sundays when we're visiting and we go to the same little parish that is literally less than a mile from their house. And it always is kind of sad to me that the 11 o'clock Sunday morning mass is so lightly attended and Mm -hmm. there's not more people. Um, But yet when we go on Christmas Eve, (laughs) it's, you know, you can barely, it's like, you know, there's barely anywhere to sit. Um, but you know, and and that always makes me, to be honest on Christmas and Easter, that makes me sad a little bit because I want to say to all these people, like, come back, we need you. You know, we want you here. You're, you're welcome. Thinking, you know, a lot of these people are like visiting from out of state and they might be devout wherever they live and, you know, they're visiting mom and dad or grandma or their brother or sister. So I try to look at the extra bodies as visitors and not so much creatures yeah and I've tried to look at it like that too but it's but you know I mean the reality is you know you know people who are there who are see are what I've heard affectionately referred to as C and E Catholics and we call them priesters priesters yeah yeah priesters yeah and uh, you know I mean that's you know I mean I'm glad they come when they come and, but I just wish they would come more often. I wish yeah. it were more of a priority in their lives that, you know, that they would let Jesus in because the he, wants to be, he wants to be in their lives. He, 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 I, I would say he calls to them on Christmas and Easter, you know, and I just wish they would like open up their hearts and, and hear him and heed the call. And okay. I'm getting all like, yeah. <laughs> I definitely pray for them. Like whenever I, like especially during those holidays and whenever it crosses my mind, like I think of a priesters, like I, you know, I say prayer and move on. Yeah. But anyway, we have been chatting a while. And so to like close off with like a lighthearted topic, I was thinking I'm getting kind of munchy. I want some snacks. So I was thinking, what are y'all's favorite, like go to late night snacks that you don't have to share with the kids? 
Mm. Well, right now, mine is unfortunately water because I <laughs> gave up snacking for Lent. Oh. But you know what? Okay, pretend it. Pretend it's Easter Sunday night. What are you snacking on, Tara? Oh, oh, good golly! Um, you know what? Cheese. I mm. know, oh gosh, I just said the most Wisconsin thing I could possibly. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? It is so true. I probably have like twelve varieties of cheese in my refrigerator right now. I think and I have nine. <laughs> I just want to do like bad things to it. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm I late at night. Uh, things I don't have to share with the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, these days, that's getting harder and harder because they're older and they are sneakier when it comes to food. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I really hide the food well if I don't want them to. Me- Either that, or I have to like you know threaten them within an inch of their lives, like, don't touch my food! And it's like they expect <laughs> to eat every day or something. It's ridiculous. Multiple times a day. What is with that? Right! <laughs> like, literally, so I have to tell you, I'll tell you this, this is kind of a funny thing. Like, literally yesterday, we went to the World of Coca-Cola in Atlanta. We took a little road trip because it's spring break, and we are, it's like 7 p.m. I'm exhausted because we've been up since, you know, 6 o'clock in the morning, and I've driven, you know, three and a half hours there, three and a half hours back. We walked all over the place there. I'm tired. And, you know, and I know we're going to have to address the dinner issue when we get home. I know this. And they know that I know this. Literally, we were, bumper was about to turn into the driveway. And my oldest daughter goes, so mom, what are we having for dinner? Oh, my gosh. Reached an arm back there and smacked her. I think I might have done it. I said, Youngin, I am can I get in the driveway, please? Can I can I just, you know, I'd like to be able to get in the driveway, park the van, turn the engine off, go inside and kick my shoes off and sit down for a minute and talk to your daddy. Just, I'd like to see my husband for a minute and just see his face and say hello to him. And then we'll deal with dinner. Is that okay with you? And she goes, yeah, mama. She goes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I said, Girl. I said girlfriend, I know you're hungry. We got this, though. We, we, will, we will get something. You will not starve. I promise. Oh, my so, gosh. I had a dollar for every time I said that. I know. <laughs> My favorite response is always when they say, what's for dinner? Food. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It just makes my, t- my older two, like, really annoyed. They're like, Mom. I'm like, well, you asked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even. Just go away. Leave me alone. But, yeah, late at night, probably for me, um, and this is awful because I really don't need it. Um, it's not that great for me to be eating, especially late at night, is um, probably candy or cookies. Um, that I have hidden from them. Like right now, I've got a Reese's peanut butter egg Ooh. that is oh, yeah. in a hole in my shopping bag. I I had therapy today, and so I I went to get something at Five Below, and uh, I love that store. And they had the Easter candy out, and I thought I'm getting I'm getting some candy. Mm-hmm. So and um, 
yeah, that's that's uh, I, I will be enjoying that in just a little while. Um, usually, too, I save like drinking for after the kids have yeah. gone to bed because I can actually really enjoy mm -hmm. that glass of wine or that hard cider or whatever. So. I'm going to go dive into a mug full of chocolate ice cream. Nice. Oh, yeah. Ice cream is another one. Some ice cream, especially when it's hot outside. Yes. Have you guys ever, we did this the other night and my husband introduced me to it. Like all my bad food habits, he introduced to me. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, the peanut butter on an Oreo. Um, oh, yeah. You take oh, I have popcorn. That. Oh my God, y'all, this is so bad. Popcorn. What? Okay. Sprinkle <laughs> chocolate chips on it. Like the miniature ones. Sprinkle it on the popcorn is hot. And then Shut the up. chocolate gets all melty. Oh my gosh, you guys. <laughs> oh, that sounds amazing. Oh my That's gosh. That sounds amazing. Oh, girls. <laughs> so on that note, with tummies rumbling, I would like yes. to say thank you to all for joining us on this episode of the GCW podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Our RSS feed is active. So if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. You can also follow our Facebook page at facebook.com slash GCW podcast, as well as Twitter at GCW podcast. So have a great night, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Good night. <laughs>